You are listening to the Holocron on the Let's Get Ready Network. On this network, we talk about the movie trivia showdown, the first class league, sports, Star Wars, movies, TV, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR network. And please leave a rating and review of this episode. Enjoy the show. A long time ago, in a galaxy far away, Welcome to the Holocron, with your host, Lador, and her apprentice, Justin Hamilton. Now, let's get ready to talk Star Wars. All right, guys, it's uh, another time, another week into the uh, Book of Bubba Fett and everything Star Wars and all that. And let's go ahead and we got one more person coming in. Um, we'll go ahead and do some uh, cleanup. At the top. Uh, we'll go ahead and do some cleanup at the top. Uh, we'll uh, talk about the fact that uh, Bedora is feeling under weather tonight. So as a team, we stepped in and, and Brandon even wanted to jump on and talk a little and bit. And we brought this FCL with Star Wars champion, Justin. That's right. And so, yes, we brought Brandon in also. He's going to step in as well. And uh, we're going to kick this belt. off. And hopefully, hopefully, uh, here soon, uh, our friend Bador will start feeling better. So, uh, good thoughts and, and, and prayers sent her way that she starts feeling better and everything else. Uh, besides that, first time coming in uh, with us uh, on this channel, please uh, subscribe to the channel and uh, like the video if you like it and everything else. And put some comments down below, like uh, afterwards, if you see it on the replay. Uh, with that being said, I do want to start out tonight with a couple of like news things that I was paying attention to with Star Wars uh, before we get into the actual breakdown of the book of Bubba Fett. A uh, couple of things. Uh, there was an announcement with like the books. If you read the books with like uh, the High Republic series and everything else. Mm -hmm. Uh, they had a phase one, which is coming to a close. Uh, High Republic phase two is going to be set 150 years in the past. That means before the stuff we've already read in the High Republic. So they're going 150 years before the events mm -hmm. that we've actually are wow. uh, reading about now. Uh, and there will be some new authors joining the team as they go back to explore the galaxy. Uh, any thoughts on any of that right there? Like, I think it's pretty cool. It's a different direction. I didn't think because they've already started in the past that they would go back further in the past because each time they go back, uh, they get closer and closer to some people's like favorite fandom, right? They get closer and closer to some people's like old Republic style stuff and everything else, uh, which will go in line with another news piece of information here in a minute. We'll, we'll go around with like quick thoughts. Like, do y'all think that's cool that they're actually going back even further uh, with the high Republic stuff? Or would you hoping they would uh, keep going forward in it? Go ahead, Dan. Look, man, you know, I'm a great Old Republic fan. Maybe one of the biggest Old Republic fan here in the entire Star Wars fandom. Well, that, that's a story for another day, right, Justin? I doubt that. Ah, <laughs> you would be surprised, my knowledge about Knights of the Old Republic. Actually, there is something about this episode that ties in, 
again to Kotor in the same way that the first episode of the second season of The Mandalorian also did. But we, we're going to get to that. Look, I haven't read any of the High Republic stuff. I believe they are available in Brazil somehow, you know, like I have tons of even non-translated books, but I, I, I know they do translation of the books here on, on Brazil. Look, I see a most positive reactions for people that, that read those books. You're one of them. So I'm interested to see That's why they're going, that they are going back. So we shall see, like, but haven't read anything, so I cannot form like a great opinion about High Republic. Oh, the Republic, no, bring it. Yeah, uh, I am about like halfway through the uh, first High Republic book, which is uh, The Light of the Jedi. Um, and so I'm, I'm be interested to see some stuff that kind of maybe sets that one up a little bit that's set hundreds of years before. And yeah, I, I love the Knights of the Republic video game, I've probably played it like a, at least a 15 or 20 times over the course of my life. Uh, and especially now that they have it in like uh, app form uh, on like Apple and Google and everything. So mm -hmm. yeah, it'd be, be interesting to get some more, more of the history of, of all that. But, uh, yeah, we, but we... no, I was going to say like before Brennan goes, I will say this, like I, I haven't had time to sit back and figure out all the timeline and exactly what the time period is. But like you're going back a hundred, there are already hundreds of years before the stuff in the original trilogy, right? Like in this High Republic era. And we're going back even further, which to me gets you closer to, uh, you know, some of people's favorite characters back. And like you're talking about EU stuff, talking mm -hmm. about older stuff when you're talking about Bane and the Rule of Two. But they've got to be getting close to that era. Like, I don't know if this is where Bane actually was kind of thing. It might be even further back to get to him. Yeah, but Bane like, technically is a thousand years. It has to be a thousand years. Yeah, So, but but even though you're not, like, right there next to it, you're getting closer and closer to it. So it's interesting that you're getting closer to some of the stuff that people really love. But, yeah, Brennan, man, what do you think about them going 150 years back in time in the old The Republic? expert, by the way, he's get, with his belt here. Well, that would put us about 400 years before the movies. It's when Phase 2 will be. Um, and as, as it was pointed out, we're not anywhere near uh, Darth Bane or any of that stuff. Yes. Not even Xana. So, He's a friend. So, to my knowledge, we are still in uncharted territory. Mm -hmm. where they can do anything. Uh, the sky's the limit for them. As far as the Old Republic, I think they're going to get there eventually. It's tricky when you deal with the Old Republic because we already have all this Legends lore. Yes. And one of the things about video games that are interesting is Knights of the Old Republic is it, it's the experience of playing it. Yes, where you true. get to make the decisions as the player. Yes. Uh, so if they ever do Old Republic, I want them to tell an original story that maybe mm. only lightly connects to the old legends that doesn't feel like it's just the same thing. Because you know that there's going to be a lot of comparison. Yeah, but, but I would argue, Brennan, that... I don't think it 
wouldn't that are in the legends or whatever you know i would argue that like fron i think he's like all out of the like legends only characters like before rebels and anything like hmm. he was the most popular he was the most beloved like the Tron character but right next to him is Revan. so yep. touching the old republic and not touching Revan and all that and all the characters surrounding him it would be a, a, a incredible mismanagement of opportunity for the whole lucas nope. story group yeah, and I, and, 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 and the counterpoint and the counterpoint for like I know that Raven in Knights of the Ro Old Republic one, you create him his personality. Yeah, however, like he's good. Yes, but like the Raven has many personalities throughout his history, and actually the that's character true. of Raven, like that you get to really know, is not the player character that you play in Knights of the Republic One. Is the character that is introduced to you in Knights of the Republic Two by by Krayer, his master. So mm -hmm. what made people really fall in love with Rev is not just because they played as him in Kotor One. It's because they got to know him like before the events of Kotor One to Kotor Two. You know, uh, actually, you know, you bring up a good point, Danny. Let me. Uh... One of the brilliant things they did with Thrawn is they set his story in the new canon. Yes. Not during the exact same time as his legend stories. But now he is. So, as you say, if we were to take Revan, show a different part of his life, obviously the story but set him in not the exact same time mm. as the games then there's a little more latitude to tell a story with the character so you're not just retreading old material you are <clears throat> telling a new story involving that character mm -hmm. a story that we haven't seen so actually i got a couple that's of things here yeah i got <laughs> there's a few things here i want to <laughs> like do uh one bobby jackson's got a cool little comment here uh, I really, really hope we get High Republic air animated show, live action TV show, yeah, or movie yeah, sometime in the near that. future. That would be which the acolyte is going to be set in the High Republic. That's already been announced, uh, but like, yeah, dude, it'd be cool as crap. Republic, yeah. It would be cool with yeah. all these cool Jedi's and stuff like that to have like an actual like um, yeah. animated show during this time. Uh, I do want to say this: like, I've always figured that the regular trilogy of Revan going out to to do the Mandalorians and finding the artifact. Uh, Revan becoming bad, doing his thing that he did against the Jedi, and then the third movie being uh, Revan actually turning good again because they had basically erased his memory and going back to try to see, like, you know, he starts having these memories and stuff. Like, I, th I think that's a, a beautiful trilogy set up. But here goes the thing. I do think that the, the people, like, there's a huge amount of Star Wars fans. We mm -hmm. also got to look at the fact that only, like, a percentage of those fans actually even know the stories that we're talking about. There's not a true. lot of people comparatively that even knows those stories. So I think even if they went back and told those stories that it wouldn't be a rehash for a lot of people. Cause not everybody yeah. knows that. Of course us people that's going to like watch even this show to, the, about the Bubba Fett, like and about us talking about it and stuff like that. Most of the people in our chat, huge fans, most likely they know at least a lot of the story, if not all of it, but mm -hmm. In, in normal everyday Star Wars fandom, not a lot of people know those stories just because, you know, they haven't been set. But 
I actually do think there could be a cool thing that you could do like that Brennan's sort of talking about it because we're going to go into our next story, which is going to be another point I'll make. But like with this being said, you could have a couple of new characters that they create. Right. And they're during the high, they're not high Republic, but the old Republic times. And during that time, you follow those characters. And then instead of say, follow instead of following people like Malgus and Revan around, like during that time, like in doing all those things, like you have those characters weave in and out to where they bump into Revan, ah, you know, like, yes. and they bump into say a Malgus character and stuff that's in the old Republic so that you Ooh, don't like actually that. retell the same story, almost like mm-hmm. a lost stars book that was set in the original oh, trilogy, but yeah, you were following yeah, these new idea. characters and you would bump into the main characters here and there. And you would have those interesting like plot points and stuff like that. I think that's a way that they could do it. They can keep the story, but the, one of the reasons why I don't think Brennan that if they do the old Republic, they will change it is because of this piece of news right here. So the other piece of news I wanted to bring up before we talk, started talking about the book of Boba Fett was uh, the KOTOR remake looks to feature new systems and content while staying with the original storyline. I think this is technically wow. almost a way for them to be able to bring in KOTOR Knights of the old Republic they're not planning on changing too much of the story here. Is the what new video saying. game? This is the new video yeah, game. This yeah, this is the remake. By us. Be coming the out. Remake it's a remake. Yeah. I think that's a big decision for them not change changing the main story. They are going to add content to make it a little different and everything else, so it's not the exact same. Like it's not just a reskin. So with that being said, that's interesting to me because I think because of that, they're probably this is a way to work in old Republic story. And make it basically canon because if I'm not mistaken, Lucasfilm themselves is actually working on this project because they took over their games again. Yes. So Thanks, with that man. being said, like what do y'all think? What do y'all think about that, man? So I know you're gonna love this. Yeah, thing, well. Uh, yeah, you go ahead, Danny. I'll go after you. Look, here's the thing, like we can do an entire show about like the, what this culture remake can be and the expectations, and like because I saw a lot of videos of really hardcore culture fans and their feelings there was a little bit of criticism there's always a little bit of criticism when it comes to star wars content not only like happened with eclipse but also happened with is happening with the culture remake but anyway to kind of tiny what you were talking about earlier like a lot of things that people are not realizing yet maybe because they're that much of fucking hardcore culture fans is that we are we have been already touching the Raven storyline throughout like mentions since the Mandalorian came out because you can't talk about the history of the Mandalorians involved talking about Raven. So for me, like I I like the like the idea that it's not going to just be like a remastered version of a 22 uh, 2002 game. Like I like that this game is going to feature new stuff. Like they they need to bring stuff that was made by Concord to two to Quarter One that there wasn't there. Like there are a lot of improvements on the second game. Oh, and also over the first one. But like for me, what is most interesting about it is that even though it's very far away, there are some details that you actually have to to change like in the old legends the mask of mandalore was like a big thing like they can change this to the dark saber in, into the new canon like the name of mandalore the ultimate is now mandalore the great as it was said in the mandalorian so i think that some of these changes are going to like tiny into these li- very little details that 
they have introduced on Clone Wars, on Rebels, and on Mandalorian. Nice also, stuff, nice yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll let you go ahead, Brendan. Is canon because yep. of the rise of Skywalker. Canon. Yes, he is. Yes, he is officially canon because now. That is the name of one of the Sith legions. I heard through the Clone Wars that when they found the actual like the the cartoon series of Clone Wars, actually no wait, it would be uh no Rebels. It was Rebels where they had that they found the Sith holocron. Ezra mm -hmm. finds it. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I heard through the grapevine that technically they were going to do like a Revan speaking through the holocron, and they decided not to do that. They but were between the Revan and Treyer. Yeah, and one of the things they decided to do was uh yeah make Revan canon through the Rise of Skywalker because the Sith troops uh brigades are all named after different old style Sith, and Revan was one of the things. But Dagan, yeah, man, uh, what do you got? Yeah, no, I mean, my last sort of final point on this that I have uh is that. So bring it back to your point, Justin, of like people are kind of what we were all talking about here that uh, there's not everybody knows the Knights of the Old Republic story. It's actually more of a hardcore Star Wars fan uh, mm -hmm. type of deal. And in my opinion, I've heard other fans say this too, the uh, one of the best twists in all of uh, Star Wars is in that first Knights of the Old Republic game. And so hearing that they, they are going to be doing some new stuff, but also keeping that original story makes me hopeful that they can uh, then introduce that twist to the mass audiences, you know, and I think that would be a cool surprise for a lot of people, you know, spoiler alert for a nearly 20 year old video game here. But the fact that you are playing as this character yeah. uh, that is then revealed to be Revan, you hear talk of Revan being this ultimate baddie. And then it turns out that you are him. So it kind of, to me, rivals almost the uh, uh, I am your father moment in Empire Strikes Back in terms of like this awesome reveal that you kind of don't see coming. So uh, I, I would mind that in a show or, or a movie or something. But yeah, go mm -hmm. for it, Brad. I have a hot take on that. I don't think it's that great of a, a twist. However, what it means going forward with the second game, I'm glad they made the twist because then it was you started to get into the, the second game being what did Revan leave behind? Right. And not only that, Re I think what made people fall in love with Revan and this you discovering the second game, not in the first one, is that Vader fell to the dark side because of love, about fear of losing Padme, the stuff with yep. his mom, blah, blah, blah. Palpatine is... Evil by, by evil sakes. This Kylo has daddy issues, uh, and like Count Dooku and Maul, we we really don't get to really know why they felt like it. just unless you like read the books and everything. Like I'm talking about movies and series. Raven fell to the dark side out of necessity. That's a very interesting and unique way that hasn't been very explored yet in Star Wars storytelling. Like. That's the whole point. Did Raven really fell to the dark side? And the, and that the journey of you discovering the reasons why. Ah, and I think that's man. very adaptable to canon. Like, so there's so much potential for, for, for yeah. bringing him back and so much, and also expectations. But Lucasfilm had a lot of problems in this in their phase one, like me and Justin, like talking about that, like the sequels and the two spin-off moves. Now, now we are kind of phase two, the, the, the shows, yeah. like the shows are dominating now. 
they need a big win and he and the old republic can be a big win and maybe the high republic is a way to you know make a more bro uh, more broad audience be like be more adjust to storytellings that they're not focusing during the timelines of the movies Right, and well, we got to start getting to the thing that we're here for, but I do want to pull up a couple things. Yeah, we 20 minutes, uh, Knights of the Old yeah. Republic talk here. Bobby, yeah, Bobby Jackson here. For context, I played the Old Republic games when they first came out, and I barely remember the storyline characters, so it would almost be new to me now. One of the things that I want to pull up uh, about that particular thing is this. Uh, we watched the MCU, right? And we all love it. But if you read, we all could have read these stories in the comic books, now, they do make changes in there in the story to make it mm, easier for film point. and stuff like that. But overall, it's the same story throughout pretty much, right? Like the same stuff happens, but we still watch it, right? Like we still pay attention. Mm -hmm. We still love it. We still watch it. Uh, and, but, I, but I also say this. There's a lot of people out there that watch these MCU that didn't read all the comic books. I mean, because there's so many out there. So like it's yeah. the same kind of situation. A lot of people didn't Good jump point. into this stuff and everything else. And then I want to pull up uh, Jeremy Miller's comment here. He's like, TV, my guess, for most of the hot and old public until they feel ready for a movie. Here goes the thing. I'd say that for Star Wars in general because I no, feel no. like movies are kind of on the shelves for a bit. So, yeah. Well, here goes the deal. Movies is on the shelves because of COVID. We all know that. And they're kind of like, you know, using this like star wars is in a weird situation where they really didn't have anything started before COVID hit so now because it wasn't like they were in production of something halfway through and then COVID hit so like they're taking the step of like okay we wanted to take a break anyway and this is like the perfect excuse to take the break i think is what's going on here uh the but the thing is i want star wars to do is to stop being like yo okay we got books comics and movies and now I do know there's tie-ins. We're going to get into it with this show right here. There's a big tie-in that I kind of got excited for. And we'll talk about that later mm -hmm. uh, about the show. But my thing is, is I want uh, like Disney and Lucasfilm and everything to sit back and go, you know what? There's a great book we wrote. Let's make a gosh darn movie about it. Just like you make MCU movies based on the comics. Like, come on. Like, why can't we get a really kick-ass Lost Stars movie? Desert? Like yeah. that's one of the, the most that. famous book. Yeah, that's one of the, the the most famous books that's came out in this new era. Why not make that a film? You'll you'll get the nostalgia because, like I said earlier, it's a it's a new story that intertwines between all the old stuff that we know. You know, like Alderaan being blown up and the Death Star being like it's during the original trilogy. So, like that would I think would be really cool. Like step up, man. Let's do let's do a movie based on a book that we know is popular, that we know is hot, and just do an adaptation. Like most movies, if we get really down to like Harry Potter, for instance, they made those movies adaptations. Like they were already books that people's already read. People still went and seen the movie by Droves because they yeah. love the actual original story. So that's something I want. Lord of the Rings. It's another to start. One. Yeah, Lord yeah. of the Rings, for instance. Shout out to stuff. So like, let, let's start looking at that Lucasfilm. Let's start trying to put stuff over there. And I'm gonna. Uh, and, and right before we well. get into Book of Boba Fett, I love the uh, Resistance podcast. These news articles that I did from Star Wars New Not News dot net. Uh, Hashtag, Star Wars Newsnet, yes. Yeah, yeah Star Wars Newsnet. Uh, hashtag uh, Solo 2 happen. Make Solo 2 happen. We want that. Shout out to Aaron. Yeah, all those guys over there are great. And that's why I like going to their site. They don't throw a bunch of BS up there like most of the time. It's great. But let's get in what we're here to talk about. The Book of Bubba Fett, Episode 2. Uh, yeah. We'll go with overall thoughts. 
of like what you thought about the episode, no details, and then we'll just go around the horn and let people talk about their like things that they liked, maybe even some negatives because there can be negatives. You can still overall like something and have one thing that you didn't like or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I'll start it off with uh, I thought this episode was obviously better than the first, but I do like both episodes. Not groundbreaking or anything like that, but I think we're getting a little too spoiled. Everybody wants everything to be just groundbreaking and all this stuff. Uh, I, I, I do see like some negativity, like not a lot of it, but some negativity online, like where they're trying to say this is kind of like a, a Mandalorian reskinned. I don't get that comparison because I think it's a totally yeah. different story. There there are similarities because they're at a desert planet uh, and, and doing most of their action scenes and stuff over there. Uh, but besides that, like, there's a totally different feel to me for this show. Like we're going back into the past, telling Bubba Fett's like old story that I think is pretty cool. I, I do think they're doing it a little too much, but like that's a little bit nitpicky. But yeah, I don't get that comparison of where it's like, oh, this is like Mandalorian. Like, an, well, of course, like we just had this character come out in the Mandalorian, and because of where they're at in the location, it's a little similar. But besides that, the story that's being told is like to me, it's a lot different. You know, like. But uh, beyond that, like, I just think overall, I think it's a uh, good series so far. And I'm excited for, like, the buildup. I think right now we're in the, like, okay, we're, we're going to start telling the story. We're going to give you some background information. And and just like in the first episode, we got that little bit of a – we got to see, like, actually how Bubba Fett escaped the Sarlat pit that we've all been thinking about all these years. Like, how did he really do it? You know, like, we all had our theories, but how did he really do it? We had one EU book that told a story about it. But that may or may not be, you know, that that's obviously not canon anymore. So like, let's see how it really is done in canon. The uh, second part, uh, like to on uh, Book Above the Fett, uh, the second episode that I liked was they showed him with a gothy stick in the Mandalorian, and you're like, well, okay, like I guess because he's been on Tatooine, he's got it. Now we know how he got it, and like what it means to him. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not just this thing he's carrying around for a weapon that doesn't really matter. Like this thing, we got to see a story about how he was able to obtain that thing. And I thought that was pretty cool as well. Uh, but that's just my overall thoughts before we go into great detail. Uh, we can go around the horn. We'll start with uh, Brennan. Brennan, what'd you think overall about the episode? Absolutely loved it. Absolutely. I love the, the first episode. This one, I like even better. And, uh, I like the first episode a lot, but this one is like, this was pretty amazing because um, it, it reminds me, seeing Boba Fett with the Tusken Raiders reminds me of the scene in The Mandalorian of Quill retraining IG-11. And this is Boba Fett's retraining. In a way. Boba Fett was like the top dog. And then he got taken out by a really dumb thing at the Sarlacc pit. He got beaten like a chump by Anzola. <laughs> Shout out to George Lucas. He's been humbled. I'm, I'm not talking about story... Um, I'm not talking about creators making decisions. Yeah, no, yeah, no, but now you're right. I agree. Boba Fett gets humbled, and then he becomes the the low man on the ladder, and now he has to work his way back up. 
is rebuilding himself from the ground up. And being with the Tuscans who are tougher than him, they know the desert way better than he does. Earning their respect slowly, we see him emerge on the other side as we see him in The Mandalorian, where he is not exactly the guy we thought he was. But it's because he said to totally kind of relearn who he was. That's actually a good point. And before we go to Dagan with his overall thoughts, I, I want to actually, like, because you said that, that's something I was thinking about as you were talking, was, like, if you really look at it, you look at Bubba Fett and the guy we knew from the original trilogy before we ever met him in The Mandalorian and in this time period, like, he was a ruthless killer. Like, a lot of people yeah. assume, and I assume, but a lot of people assume that like yeah, Kiwi Bubba Fett the is the one that incinerated like Luke Skywalker's family, dude. Like burn them to a crisp, possibly. We, we don't know that one hundred percent for a fact, but it's really like it, it's a pretty like you wouldn't be wagering to you know it ain't that big of odds to think that Bubba Fett's the one that incinerated him. I mean, literally in the Empire Strikes Back, he said no incinerations, so we're like okay, cool. So he's probably the one that incinerated Luke's family. Is it? But is it incineration? Disintegration. That's it. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't matter. Like he, 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 he murders these people. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting like that parents. He, he murders this these parents of like Luke Skywalker that we love as a character, right? And then he's just like a ruthless guy. Like you don't never see him do anything good. The cool part about this is he gets knocked in the Sarlacc pit, like uh, Brennan's talking about. He comes out. And he's right. He gets robbed. He doesn't have all this stuff His that makes him gets cool. taken away. Yeah, everything's stripped from him. And then he has to start out from the beginning. Well, this now when you look at the Mandalorian and the way Bubba Fett carried himself, and you look at the the Bubba Fett that we have now, even trying to be the crime lord, like even though he's a crime lord, there's there. I, this proves to me. I think this is an important part of the story because it proves to me why he's trying to do things not out of fear like Jabba. He's trying to do it out of respect, right? Because he earned the respect of the Sand People. He learned the earned the respect of the Tusken Raiders. And he had to learn that slowly. Like he was a captured, a prisoner, uh, basically, you know, whatever. And, and then he turns around and he's able to like gain their respect. So now he honors respect above all else now because of the story that we're getting from this. So I actually do think this is an important story to tell of why Bubba Fett's a different person than what we saw him in the original trilogies or even in comics and stuff like that. Like to me, this makes this an important story. You you have to show why he changed and this is showing why he changed. This is showing why he thought differently about hitting the kid with a goppy stick in the first episode. And then he goes on and does this thing to help out this tribe who's kind of helpless uh, compared to all these people with machines and stuff like that. Like, it, so when you build that respect and when you garner that respect, like he has, it, it does change you overall as a person. Now, instead of trying to go around and just kill everyone, like he's actually trying to be like to rule with some kind of respect, with some kind of honor, right? Like we didn't know if he had honor before, but now like he's he's learning those things through this story, so I think that's actually really cool and really important for the story to be telling that. So yeah, that, that's just something I was thinking about when Brennan was talking. But Dagan, what do you think overall? Oh yeah, so we're doing uh, overall thoughts and uh, in-depth character analysis. Okay, um, no, <laughs> uh, well, no, I had to jump on that because that was pretty good. Like I, I hadn't actually thought about that. No, that's Brennan cool though. I, I'm just joshing you as always. Uh, but uh, yeah, I you know I thought this episode was really good. It was. Uh, continuation sort of of the story. 
uh, people complaining about the fact that part one was literally like a part one. Uh, I, I don't really get like, what are, what do you expect from the first like 38 minutes of the show? Like that's what, what we're going to get. It's just basically an introduction. And then this one is the one where they're really going to go into detail with some of the story and everything. So uh, yeah, I, I thought this episode was great. The first part of it, uh, there was some, some stuff that I was a little bit critical of uh, the guy that's like the check-in guy at the, in the, you know, the mayor's office or whatever. That's like, are you're not in the list like that. That stuff was very kind of like the Marvel humor kind of thing that I don't really like in, in these types of Star Wars, uh, ah, you know, shows. But that being said, overall, I'm I thought it was a good episode. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Uh, I, I thought the, uh, the second half of the episode of the Tusken Raiders was really cool. Really cool mm-hmm. like psychology stuff with Boba Fett as a character. And I love the whole, like, him sort of taking the – uh, lizard uh, LSD and and having a uh, you know expedition into the desert was was cool and uh, the whole him with the Tuscan Raiders and that whole experience is really uh, kind of a cool thing to see uh, and I also kind of would, will point out that there were times where this almost felt like a video game you know there's like the train heist sequence that feels like something very much like you'd, something you play in a Star Wars video game. And then, like, at the end, he gets his uh, his robes, the new robes and the gaffy stick. And it's like, you know, new new gear unlocked, you know, kind of kind of felt like the case there. But, yeah, good stuff so far. And we can get into it, you know, talk about the episode specifics. But uh, really liking it so far. It's a really, really cool show. And I would disagree with a lot of the criticisms that people have had so far. All right. Uh, I basically agree with basically all of you guys. Uh, I also saw a little bit of the criticism. Look, man, Star Wars has had the, the people that get worked for like since 1999 or 83, if you count, like people that didn't like Return of Jedi that much. So, uh, the criticism about Mandalorian, I do understand a little bit because like Boba Fett was always a mysterious character. He was a cool dude in a, in a, in an armor. And that was it. Fucking four lines in the entire Far Strikes Back. He doesn't talk in Return of Jedi and has less than seven minutes total screen of both movies. So there's a lot of mysteries around the character. And like people for <laughs> poor Daniel Logan, <laughs> right? <laughs> back back Listen, in the day. I'll say this, Danny. We got the Mandalorian because John Favreau, we know, is a big, huge Bubba Fett fan and wanted to do a Bubba Fett. He wanted to originally, yeah. And but they didn't really want to do that, so they decided to give him like this other guy who was actually a Mandalorian, like to tell a story on. And I think whenever they well. introduced Bubba Fett in this series and how popular he sounded, and everybody got excited when he showed up, that opened the doors for uh, Favreau to actually get a little touch and a little, you know the feel of actual Bubba Fett. Cause I actually do think that that's some of the reason, not just that backstory I was talking about that I think is important to the Bubba Fett that we're seeing on screen today. But I do think uh, that that's one of the reasons why we're going back in time and he's doing these flashbacks and stuff like that for this series is because 
these are probably some stories that he wanted to tell. Like if he could have started off with it and not be in a flashback, like if he mm-hmm. could pick the time period to have Bubba Fett in, it was probably going to be him escaping mm-hmm. the Starlight Pit and what happened to him afterwards would probably be the time period he wanted to do. And this is creative way for him to do it as long as he's still telling a new story and everything else. So that's what I thought. Yeah. Anything else overall, Danny? No, no, no look, uh, first of all, shout out to Jessica and uh, Kiwi Pride line. Tamara Morrison is leading a Star Wars series, guys. Like should, for them, it's a big read that. We should read that for the podcast, uh, folks. And for the audio listeners, do that. Yes. Fun fact for everyone. This is from Kiwi Jess in the comments. Fun fact for everyone in Maori. Sorry if I'm butchering that. In Maori culture, the head of the staff, Taiaha, is carved specifically for each warrior. The more ornate, the greater life force Maori they are said to have. That's cool. I'm, I, I'm so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm very um, terrible at pronouncing some of those. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you brought the fact we needed to read it because that's one of the reasons why I wasn't going to do that <laughs> is because of the simple fact of there was some words in there I'm not very comfortable with because hey, it's according to all that their culture may do things a little differently and everything, so it sounds totally different. But. Uh, I got a couple of things I'm going to bring oh, up. Well, kind of just I didn't finish my, my Oh, Well, I mean, well, sorry. We interrupted it with that comment. So I know. I know. I love you. Go ahead. I thought you were done. Do it. Look, I would say that, look, Boba was so mysterious that there are going to be some people that when the, the mystery goes away, when you like you review some stuff like they, it's going to attack people head cannon and i do think that a lot of people thought that bobo was like uh ran a uh, han solo that fucking was in the dark side actually and that's not who boba is uh in this series it's not what i ever thought that bobo was bobo was a very neutral character and now they are basically creating this whole character arc that shows who he really is. And he is not like that guy that only kills for money. He That was part of his life, but he has values. He has struggles. Like there is a whole history. Like the guy is the son of Jungle Feds, the guy that basically there were millions of versions throughout the galaxy. Like there is so much rich history to that character that it's better than have just a mystery, you know? Like a Captain Plasma type of stuff. Yeah, but like I don't want people to be saying this show is taking away some of the mystery of Bubba Fett because like this isn't the first show that gave us any background on Bubba Fett. Obviously, we have the Clone Wars, and even like uh I think he even made an appearance like a couple of times in like Rebels where we saw him as he was growing up as a kid and everything. So that the mystery has already been kind of taken away. Uh we even got a little bit about his origin and stuff in the prequels and all that stuff. So like yeah, we can sit here and say, like, I, I just don't want people to try to place the blame on this show for unraveling a mystery about Bubba Fett. And we wanted him to be a, mis- a, a mysterious, you know, a m- mysterious character. But like he, his mystery has been kind of unraveling all throughout the prequels, the Clone Wars, like cartoon series and stuff like that. So like, let's don't act like this is the first story that we're getting with Bubba Fett, right? This is on thing. We've already gotten some stories about him already. So some of his mysteries already been unraveled, so to say. Yes. But there was a couple of things that I noticed that was big time in the show that I definitely want to hit and we can have everybody's opinions. But uh so we did get a mention or not even just a mention, but they showed up right after they were mentioned. The twin huts are Jabba's cousins. Yes. Uh they're not really from any other material or anything. So this is kind of like a new thing dropped on us. We did know 
obviously through comics and stuff like that, there were other huts. Like Jabba wasn't the only one. But uh, we actually get to see uh, them live action, which was I thought was really cool to see a see a hut tease uh, like live on the screen for the first time in a long time. But during that scene, when we see the twins, the character starts to walk up out in front of them. Whenever the threatening part was happening, right when it was like, "Oh yeah, you know, like you ain't you're nothing," and Bubba Fett's like, "Whatever, let's talk about this." There's a character that walks up from behind them. That's a Wookie. We only really see Chewbacca. You know, we've seen other Wookies before, but mainly the story's been around Chewbacca, this really great, cuddly guy who likes to get scratched on the neck every now and then. Chewbacca, and but this guy. You can even see it. It, 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 it spurs a little bit darker, you know what I'm saying? And uh, this guy, I'll tell you a little bit, uh, his name is Black Cransanton. Cursantin? Cursantin? Yeah. It's, you know, it's you like know what it is? Yeah, Brennan probably knows how to pronounce it. Black Cursantin. Cursantin. Right. Yeah, that sounds that's pretty right. close. Yep. So, like, like the croissant. Mm, yep. croissant. Uh, but he is actually. Uh, from the Doctor Afra series, and uh, they're bringing yeah. him in to canon it, now, which gets me super excited because, like, with this introduced happening, in the Darth Vader comics, yes, but this happening, and then went to Doctor Afra. Yep, with this happening, he is there. You could kind of see a through line that maybe we see a character like uh, Doctor Afra or something like that coming into mm -hmm. a series like this. I do not think that this will happen. Because him, that they were kind of like a like had a story that they were rivals in and stuff like that. Uh, but this is one of those things that I am excited for that they are bringing in. Hey, some of these comic book characters, like this guy was created in the comic book world, and now he's in the live action series of the Book of Bubba Fett. It's going to be pretty cool to see like what he does in this series and how badass he truly can be. Because like he he he's pretty badass in the comics. Like he's not no slouch. He he comes in here. He actually goes after Obi Wan Kenobi. So. Which would make sense that he's on Tatooine and everything else. So, like, this is pretty, like, a pretty cool little tie-in. I don't know if everybody realized who that Wookiee was when he first stepped on screen. But, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of people went and put in that Google machine and found out who he was. But uh, <laughs> that guy looked really cool, looked really menacing. Uh, and like I said, I'm kind of excited about the fact that, like, we can be seeing these comic book characters come out. It does get me excited that, that Dr. Afra may play a part, not really in this series. I don't think, like I said, I don't think she's coming in this series because it's not like they were best friends or something. It's like, oh, if you have this guy, you got to have Dr. Afra. No, nah, they actually like fought each other and stuff. Yep. Uh, I think they went on like one or two missions together, but they always had like a robbery thing going on. So like uh, this is a pretty cool reveal uh and everything else not blockbuster style reveal but like if you're one of those people that pay attention to the comics and the stories and stuff like that it's pretty cool let's go around man what do y'all think about like this particular character coming into the show and the opportunity to have more characters like these show up later on like not just in this series but in the next uh you know mandalorian uh even in the ahsoka series and whatnot so yeah we'll go we'll start with danny this time look sorry i'm going to bring up a lot of calls for this time that reminds me of Hanhar, that was the evil Wookiee on Card 2. And That's I great. always like yeah. evil Wookiees. Like, I know, I That's know, great. they're little, like, great teddy bears with a big heart. They're basically like, like Jason. But <laughs> evil Wookiees, man, like, I was watching with Brandy and, and Idelia and Matt yesterday, like you, can, you guys can see in, in our Twitch, like, when he showed up, 
Like the first thing that Matt said, look at this rival, <laughs> his rifle. And then I was like, man, that that was a mean mug, that motherfucker. <laughs> I love it. I love I I, I hope the the he's not just like a little cameo. I hope they do something with him, you know. Like this, I I hope there's some uh, some sort of fight scene, action scene with him. Maybe he's going to be like the the enforcer of the huts. So man, I'm excited. Uh, I'm all in for evil Wookies, man. Listen, Danny, I'm on the verge of if this dude don't rip a guy's arm off and beat him with it, <laughs> that I might go whoop somebody's butt at Lucasfilm. You got to have some craziness going on with this guy, man. I, I want to see a Wookiee like total opposite of Chewbacca. And that's what this guy I think is. But let's see it played out, not just in comics. Let's see it played out live well, action on the screen. You know, in wrestling, Justin, how you have two guys that sometimes face each other. They don't actually go at it. It's just like a tease of a match that might be set up later. Uh, I feel like they almost set up here Chris Sanson uh, and Boba Fett going at it at some point here, which would be yeah. uh, crazy. I, I know that I haven't read it, but I, I know they have some history in the comics. They kind of work, work together. They run a mission together uh, or something along those lines. So, uh, yeah, lo love seeing this guy. He, he looked pretty uh, – like don't fuck with me, kind of kind of thing here with with him, uh, and I love seeing the huts on screen. That was really cool. I figured you would at some point, uh, the way that they've sort of been set up in this universe, especially with Boba Fett here, it makes sense. Uh, we haven't, as you were saying, saying we haven't seen a, a female uh, hut on the screen since I think uh, Phantom Menace. There's a shot where Jabba comes out. And there's another hut there, right? and uh, Brandon, you can probably tell me the name of the second hut in that scene. Uh, but, uh, and then we've had like Gardula of the Hut was mentioned in Phantom Menace as well. So it's cool, cool seeing that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I lo love the first like half of this episode where they're sort of setting up stuff happening as the show's structured. You have stuff that ha happens after Mandalorian. Then we have stuff happening right after he gets out of the Sarai pit with the Tuscan Rangers and everything. So, yeah, it's cool, man. I, I like seeing it. It's CGI, but like, I think the CGI is really good. Uh, I, I kind of missed the old job of the puppet from Return of the Jedi, but I think they've, they've gotten better with some of the effects and everything. Yeah, go by ahead, the way, man. by the way, huts are actually hermaphrodites. They can choose the gender. That's interesting. That's, that is correct. So yeah, Brett, Brennan, do you, do you what do you know the name of the the other hut that's in uh, Phantom Menace? I always forget. Uh, Gardula the hut. In, in Phantom Menace? Yeah, there's there's two that come out during the pod racing scene. Yeah, Java and Gar Gardula. Gardula is the second one? Okay. Gardula. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, these ones don't have names yet, but before anybody in the chat starts saying, "Where? what about Java's son? Shouldn't he be the one? Let me remind you. Huts take 200 years to become adults. Oh, geez, he's still so, infant then. It wouldn't make sense for his son to be the uh, the guy. Yet. Yet. Uh, anyhow, as for these two, that was really cool. The um, So first off, you know, he goes to the mayor. And that looked really cool. The mayor is an Ithorian. And Thorian, man, I love Thorians. Yeah. yeah, now Thorians are cool, but now I will say this real quick, and I'll let you finish like oh, your I mean, thoughts there, okay. Brandon. Was I, I just wanted to say like 
we we got this mayor and we haven't even talked about it yet but we got the mayor reveal before we even saw the stuff that i was talking about there like was the mayor reveal not being some big time character or whatever a letdown or did y'all was y'all probably no. fine i was fine no. with it but i, I expected a new character yeah. i expected a brand new character and i was even like i think my expectations were exceeded being that it was the zinthorian because like i Zinthorians nice. are such a cool species in star wars so that was cool to see that I think I saw somewhere that the, the mayor would be that Etorian that shows in the trailer, so I wasn't like surprised yeah. at anything. But there was like I love Etorians, man. Like so, I remember the old cartoons, like the the, the Tarkovsky ones. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had like uh, Etorian Jedi, I guess Grievous, and then he did like the troll thing and like destroyed everything with sound. They should do that. <laughs> so yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so first ahead. we get the thing with the mayor, and that was cool. I actually like the scene where the guy's like, Boba, yeah, your name's not on the list. Basically, I think that's uh, a way of throwing some shade at Boba Fett. Um, so he meets the mayor, and then the mayor says, go check things out at the sanctuary. I like the idea of going back to the sanctuary, mostly because um, Jennifer Beale's character is, is hot. Um well, anyhow, so then she says the thing about the twins. And then you get that drum beat. That was really cool. And it's slowly building up their arrival. And they come around that corner with all their entourage. That was really cool. And then you see this litter thing that everyone keeps talking about. They're like, why aren't you on litter? Why aren't you on litter? And then we see it, and it's like, it's a big pomp and circumstance thing. The huts looked great. Way better than the CGI Java in the original trilogy. But oh, I yeah. knew that special effects is, you know, 20 years old. So that was yeah. great. And then we had the um, Black Chrysanthemum show up and it was like it was like, oh, that is so cool because it beginning in the first episode of Mandalorian season two. They completely blew the doors off what was possible to include in Star Wars live action. Now we are seeing comic characters, book characters, cartoon characters, lots of live action. And it's so cool because it doesn't matter how obscure they are. And that's cool because we're finally seeing those connections that I think a lot of people wanted to see. And uh, now that the saga is complete, the nine films, we can start filling in in between. Yes. And now the sky's the limit for who they can include, what they can include, and I just got Oh, yeah. Look at that guy. Microsoftin looks fantastic. I like his nice. I, I like mean, his road warrior. Look at that, man. His his road warrior style. I mean, like, I like uh, he's, he's got a little more gray. Arm. He's got a little more gray than the last time mm. we saw him. Yep. I like the guy, the guy right behind him, looking at him yeah. like, "Please don't, like, kill well, right, don't kill me." <laughs> yeah. So that was so cool seeing him. So at this point, I'm not willing to say anything's off the table. At this point, they, anything they bring in, it's like it's their game. And then I just want to say before we move on, I love that we're getting a recontextualization of the Tuscan Raiders. 
I wanted to get to that. Yeah. And in the prequels, they were just uh, the the animals on, on Tatooine just called them animals, savages, mindless monsters. And I killed them like animals. And now we're seeing. I that, hate them. That they're not. Now we're seeing that their culture is far more complex. And I love that because, especially with the train going through, it's like a train out of the old west taking pot shots at Native Americans. Now we're seeing what the humanizing that in a science fiction fantasy context. Yeah, there. I love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. To, to me, yeah. like in the show, and like even in the Mandalorian a little bit, they've like changed the narrative of them to be where they're like basically the Native Americans, right? Like. They don't have the technology and everything else. And even though they may seem like savages because they don't have your technology and it doesn't seem like it, it's just one of those things that like people automatically go to when you see like people that don't have the things that you have or or maybe they live a certain way. Like most people go to that word. Oh, they're savages. Oh, whatever. This and this. But in a lot of cases, they're just trying to protect their homeland and stuff like that. Like, but uh yeah, they, they are basically making them the Native Americans of the, of, of the story of Star Wars. They're, they're these people. They live. If you don't bother them or you're not encroaching on their territory, they're not going to mess with you. They're not going to hunt you down and do things evil to you just to do things evil to you. But if you show up and you're still in their water and what they consider their territory, like and they're around, they're going to do something to you. And and because you don't know their language and they're different, like and all this stuff, right? Like the word savage automatically comes out. Oh, it's because like these, look at these people. They don't even know how to use a real blaster. You know what I'm saying? Like even their guns they use and that is, is kind of like antique. Like it ain't kind of, it is antique compared to like what everybody else has in Star Wars. Like because their guns actually throw out projectiles just like our guns do. You know what I'm saying? Where everybody else is walking around shooting laser beams everywhere. These guys are, you know, shooting bullets basically. Uh, and that, you know, that, that's, what's one of those things to where it's like, oh, these people, just because you assume they're not as intelligent as you are, they're a level below you. Like all of a sudden now they've become closer and more related to animals. And no, you're right. It, it's a different outlook that people's had over the years. Tuscan Raiders were seen, like you said, because like, that's all, you know, oh, they're savages and oh, they're, they're, they're whatever, you know, like, uh, and animals and everything else, but they're actually more than that. And, and you could have like, if you. If you wanted to sit back and 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 you know look into the the mind's eye of the Tuscan Raider back in the day before we even started getting these stories, you could probably put two or two together. Oh, there's these people that are out there that are indigenous to the land that just get crapped on all the time because they're old school, and that's what happens a lot. Like, I mean, uh, well, I mean, shoot, Danny, like more than us, like you know, we got to read history books and stuff, but Danny still has people indigenous people that live in this country like for real like i'm not joking danny i know I you're know, trying to laugh over there yeah but no i'm just being serious like he actually lives in a country that still has people that are indigenous that live a certain way that's never changed you know like even the native americans here that are still here in america to. yeah but the native americans here they still follow a lot of their like like uh That's not true. rules or whatever but they, they follow a lot of their traditions but the native americans here they actually have cell phones and stuff you know what i'm saying like they yeah, are, there are tribes in the amazon that have never been contacted yes. yeah exactly so like there is My neighbors. Uh, so that's pretty crazy yeah. to think about, like, and, and everything else. And, so. and that's what I wanted to, like, to tie into the beginning of the discussion. I know, like, oh, my God, Dennis just only knows to talk about culture. The shift in scene is very important. 
because even though I believe it's not canon anymore, like I didn't do any research, maybe Brandon, you might know better than me. In culture, they do explain the, the basically the folklore and the backstory of the Tusken yeah. Rangers. Yeah. And in this scene, this scene kind of referenced that, of course, not as detailed, but like I was even talking about with Matt about that in, after we did our reaction. That yeah, they were talking the Tusken about Raiders, like used to be on the exactly like they were talking about like during the, pre... on the planet and things like that. Exactly, like in the prehistory of Tatooine, like we're talking like thousands, like uh, hundreds of thousand years, like before before the movies, like. The first, technically not the first, I know Alex Damon is technically not the first, but like the very first, one unquote, species that dominated the force, the Rakata, they made the infinite empire and dominated the galaxy. And they were basically like the engineers of the alien movies. So they began terraforming planets. Like Kashyyyk was one of them. That's why Kashyyyk had like these huge trees and stuff like that. And uh, then ancestrals of the Tusken Raiders they they lived in Tatooine. Tatooine, like Brandon said, was basically like a paradise that waterfall, flores, and stuff like that. And the Rakatas came in into Tatooine and enslaved them. And throughout the, the centuries, like there, as the infinite empire began to fall, the Rakatans, the, the, the ancestor of the, the Tusken Raiders, took that advantage to rebel against the Rakatans. And basically expelled them from the planet, but that began that created a, that huge war that turned Tatooine into a desert. That and because of the terraforming as well. So I loved that shifting scene because it reminded me of that piece of lore that there was in culture that the Tusken Raiders they are the way they are because in the very past, like millennia ago, they had this thing, so they are always fearful. Of outsiders, they always fear for of, of technology because the Rakatas was the first species to dominate technology, like hyperspace and stuff like that, Starforge, blah blah blah. So I love that. Like I wish, like this series even shows more like Tusken Raider lore. Yeah, yeah. no, hundred percent, man. Like, see, this is the thing. Like, I think people watch like an episode of something, and you know, you have your own takes and everything, but. Look, let's be honest. We're human beings. So, like, we're all, like, closed-minded to a certain point, right? We try to be open-minded and everything else. But, like, I think sometimes just as human beings innately, like, we don't we, – we can't see everything. Like, like I said, earlier, Brendan was talking about something. And then I realized in that moment, in that instant, when he was talking about something that I really wasn't paying a lot of – like, not as focused on, right? That, like – how important actually all this stuff right after the Sarlat pit is kind of important to like Bubble Fett's character and who we see today. Like it is something that needs to be told. And so like when you watch these episodes and stuff like, man, when we're talking like in discussion like this and talking with people in the chat and everything else, like it's been really super cool to get those insights because now like I love the show already. Like already I'm at the love part. Like I'm on basically with Star Wars. I'm almost going to love it immediately. But with that being said, though, I'm liking it even more because like having these type of discussions and, and, and stuff like that, like really just kind of opens your mind to some of the different things. Like Danny's got a really cool point about like the history of just the planet Tatooine. Like you're not going to be focused on that. But when you sit back and look at it in context, like some of this stuff that you think is pointless or useless can be really super cool information. And that's one of the cool things. Now, 
one of the things I think that a lot of people are hyped about or liked about was the actual, like, I like the training montage in this uh, show leading up to the train thing, but a lot of people's been talking about the train part of this episode when they like take down, it's like, like you, like, look, we're on the desert planet. Everybody thinks automatically like Western and this is kind of a Western thing. Let's take down the train. Hang on, Justin, before we talk about that, can I bring up something that I never thought I'd ever see in the history of Star Wars? And that is Boba Fett teaching Tusken Raiders how to ride speeders. Yep. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. That's became a meme. Already. Yeah, it is. I knew it. Like, when he was doing that whole motion right there, it looked silly as hell. Like, I, I died laughing during the episode. But, like, it's one of those things that where it's, like, I funny. Like that. But it didn't take me out of the episode. Like, I was yeah. like, oh, that's funny. That just yeah. looked funny. Like, because, obviously, when you're trying to do something and you have that language barrier, we all the time are doing things that are kind of goofy to try to explain what we're trying to, you know, say or whatever. Because not everybody talks with their hands. So, it's not a natural thing. So, like... Even at my job, sometimes people come in and speak Spanish, and I know a couple of words, but not enough to speak to people. And I'm having to like do motions, like so. And I know I look stupid doing them because, like, it's not like a natural motion that you're going to do all the time. So it was kind of funny to see that. But yeah, that uh, that train sequence that was cool. As I said it's earlier, it felt like a video heist. game. Is the train heist scene? Yeah, they they did one in Solo as well, but this one was better. In my opinion, I always agree. Now, look, I'll tell you this much right now, though. Bubba Fett teaching these guys how to use this machinery. Does this bring on the Tuscan Raiders, like taking back their homeland kind of thing? Like, is is, is like in the future, let's say 30 years from now, the Tuscan Raiders, now they know how to do speeders and use some of this technology. Are they now going to take back some of the land? Yeah, is it like <laughs> is this like is like giving caveman race cars or something? Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, like you know, like in, into Star, the future? in Star Trek, uh, uh, Brandon can agree with me on this. This would be a, a true violation of the Prime Directive, wouldn't you say? And I will say this going. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> this going going back to the Tuscan Raiders. They do that all the time. But what we thought about the Tuscan Raiders and like past films and everything else, like, look, I'm going to tell you right now, this was a good comment. I'm going to pull it up. Thrawn says, R tried to pass rates peacefully. You know what? There was a couple of assholes. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say all Tuscan Raiders are assholes, but there are a couple of asshole Tuscan Raiders out there trying to shoot people that's trying to race, man. They're trying to race, and then you got them assholes up there. Well, but you know what? There's a butthole in every crowd. On, they're racing on Tuscan Raider land, so. Well, I mean, come on, man. Like, it's not like they're trying to attack them or anything. Like, come on. I mean, that does kind of yeah, okay. didn't bode well for them. Let's say that. Like, that's one of the reasons why people thought that it was kind of a butthole maneuver and everything else. But like, yeah, man, the like butthole maneuver. <laughs> the butthole maneuver. But mm. no, like uh when it comes down to it, I, I think all four of us uh enjoyed the episode and everything else. Is there anything Besides the big points and stuff that we talked about that anybody wants to bring up that we may not have talked about at all, period. Like, uh, I'll let y'all I'll let you go ahead, Brennan, like something we haven't talked about. Maybe you did want to talk about when we was doing the show. Mm, I think we pretty much covered everything. I think that. It was really cool seeing. Boba become like part of the tribe, um, right? And the other thing, I, I really think that 
that overall it was um I think we've covered everything. I think that I mean I absolutely enjoyed this episode. I I actually am okay with the flashbacks. I know some people I think after this episode the flashbacks are gonna get slower because I do think yeah. these flashbacks told two particular stories. They told us the story of how he escaped, what happened after he escaped the Starlight Pit, which is something that wasn't actually told in canon so far since Disney got it. And then they also told us the story of how he got his goffy stick that he got and he was ha- having right. in the Mandalorian. Like, I don't know how much further in the past or like how much of the past they want to still uh, go into back. since they've already told us those two stories, right? Like they told us those two stories and now we're going to move on yeah, from there. I mean, getting a it ship ca- back maybe. Yeah, possibly. There, There is kind of a, a an arc that they seemingly completed here where they, they, you know, they successfully drove those guys away that were on the train and they kind oh, of yeah. the, made the this deal. Yeah. yeah, getting to see them and, and getting to see them make Boba Fett kind of make this deal on behalf of the Tusken Raiders where, like, we're going to give you enough water so you can get to Anchorhead. Um, but, you know, if you come through here again, like, there are terms, like, the native, you know, the the Tuscan Raiders are kind of like the natives on this land. So that part of it, that was really cool. Uh, another quick thing that I wanted to point out that I, I thought was very Star Wars was this droid that's uh, driving the train. Uh, at, by the end yeah. of it, when Spoba yeah. gets there, it just hops out the window and, like, crumples a little bit and then just, like, you know, uh, crawls right, he's off. The hell out of there. He knew yeah. what was going yeah. down. That's he knew that was, was like a real Star Wars. reference, by the way. That was yeah, a real and- reference. I'll I'll say this like to people too like these are the first two episodes don't forget that sometimes the first couple episodes of a series is setting up what you're going to get at the very end it would not surprise me that this band of like Tuscan Raiders plays a part in Bubba Fett actually taking over and becoming the yes. actual crime lord like that they come in and yes. help him out because of what he was able to do for them with the train and helping them out and do certain particular things so like like yeah, this may this this flashback might not just be oh a cool little story to tell about Bubba Fett. This might have been a story to tell of why these Tuscan Raiders come to Bubba Fett's aid at some point in the in the show. Maybe on the next to last or last episode of the show, they show up and help him out a great deal and taking their stuff over. Um, but not like uh, before we do get out of here. Uh, I did get uh, I already got it in the banners right here. So let me pull it up. We did get a question. We asked our Patreons if they had any questions or anything. Or Join our Patreon, guys. You yep. can ask questions for the show uh, in our Discord. We get the link down there, patreon.com slash LGR Network. Gets you the access yep. to that. And, and uh, you can throw us questions for the show. Yep. And Thrawn being one of the Patreons uh, asked us in the Discord, are there any other characters from the comic books you want to see come into the book of Boba Fett? CMBK has me excited for other possibilities. Oh boy! I mean, mine's Doctor Aphra, but I just don't think she's going to show up in this story. I think she could show up easily in someone else's story at some point. I just don't know if she will show up in this story. And if she did, I, I would pretty much say like maybe she shows up towards the end of the thing maybe just to be a character to join the team to help them on like one thing they're trying to do maybe but i just don't see that actually fitting in i, I even though she has tie-ins with this uh this bk character as ron called it uh even though she has tie-ins with him i just don't think she's going to show up i actually do think me and danny had a really good conversation like a week or so ago i, I do think there's a good possibility that cad bane can show up here yeah 
Well, I think and, that's the big uh, one that everybody wants to see, right? Well, it's just oh, because man. of the fact that there's tie-ins with uh, with uh, Filoni and being able to like uh, finish a story he tried to do in the Clone Wars, but it got canceled. And one of the canceled stories that we know was an arc where Bubba actually kills Cad Bane. And me and Danny was talking about that because of those tie-ins. It makes it makes sense. Like he could actually tell that story now with Cad Bane versus Bubba Fett, like in this story. But the thing is. I thought he would probably be revealed, kind of like the BK reveal. Yeah, and yes. now we have that reveal. So now I yeah. don't know where he would fit in. Like the only thing I could see happen is let's say next episode, let's say uh, next up, ep- next two episodes, we have the BK story of Bubba Fett takes him out. Bubba Fett and Finish Sean takes him out, and then the twins uh, have to actually get uh, someone else to come in. To and be the ultimate yeah. guy to try to stop him, and it would be Cad Bane possibly. So maybe we could still see that. Uh, mm. I will say this: I forgot to say this when we mentioned the twins. When they first mentioned the twins, I'm not gonna lie. If you go back and read the old tales of the Cantina, and you it might even be in the the certain point of view for a New Hope, uh, that new book that has all the different stories. But I know it's in the old school tales of the Cantina. There's these two twins that are actually in the Cantina on Tatooine that are pretty kind of like badass and pretty evil. So I was like, oh, crap. I was oh, thinking for a second it might be sisters. those guys. And it did, It wasn't. The, it wasn't the Tonica there. sisters. Yeah, that's actually, I think, the name of them right there. He's got yeah. it right there. But like. And, but, but, uh, uh, sorry, just Yeah, go ahead. All right, no, no. No, that was it. Okay, uh, because like to answer Charles' question, like in the beginning of the episode, they always had like the thing of we need a protocol droid. And a lot of people saying like C-3PO or something. Like, if there is this character from Dr. Afra, remember there is also the evil C3PO. Yes, I want to see those, dude. I would love to see those. If I couldn't get Afra, I would love to see the two droids from Dr. That can Afra. be his protocol droid that he needs. What? Uh, crap. Shoot. I knew their names once by heart. One's Triple Zero, and the yeah, other one's BTK1. I think I got them both right there. But yeah, that's the two dro- names of the One two droids. He's about. But yeah, like the the two droids from uh, Doctor Afra series are pretty freaking freaking amazing. I, I, pretend that you got C three PO, but he's like a evil genius that likes to murder people. How fun is that, dude? How fun is that? <laughs> that's very fun. Like I think that's a legit possibility now because if we had BK, like we can like we can have this one. Why not? Like they they said it in, like they need a protocol droid. This was something they they really made a, a point in the previous episode. So I do believe that at some point in this year they are going to have a protocol droid. I hope it's him then. Yeah, uh, a character that I I'd actually like to see pop up on the show, and I feel like this might if we're not really sure yet if this show's gonna get another season or not. Uh, I don't think they've said one way or the other. I think this this first one is like seven episodes or something. Um, I I would like to see Omega pop up in live action. I think that would be really interesting, considering mm-hmm. she's technically Boba Fett's sister. Um, that would be kind of an interesting way for them to go to dive in a little bit deep in the lore. So maybe maybe a season two they kind of they they go with like um, Cad Bane and and Omega and wow. dive a little bit deeper into the the, the lore with Camino and the clones and everything. That would be kind of Dagan pushing for a book of Bubba Fett season two that I don't even know is like officially announced yet or not. So Dagan Dagan liking the show so much he's breaking already news. Writing, he's already <laughs> writing season two. Like, why right not? Now. Like I, I think yeah. 
I think I think this show shows that Timor Morrison can lead a fucking series, and why not? Why not me like the Boba, Boba Fett like part two or something like? I don't. You can do anything. I'll be honest with character. you. I'll be honest with you. Like shows coming out now, I'm already excited for the Acolyte because it's something brand new, and it looks like we might be focusing more on the dark side just by the name alone. But I'll tell you this: the more we get closer to it, the more I get excited, and I didn't think I would for the Cassian Andor series. Like I'm just getting kind of excited about yeah. being like involved in that story of the underground of the rebellion. Like uh, really hyped up for it. But yo, champ and, and and Rogue One. Rogue One is slowly becoming maybe my favorite uh, Disney era Star Wars great. film. So it's great. Good I love choice. it. But good choice. But champ, do you got any like deep cuts that might come into play here? Like you know what I'm saying? Like uh, maybe comics or something like a character that we may get coming in or possibly just something like maybe maybe just a dream. Dream character would be fine. Oh, me? Yeah. You are the champ. Oh, my word. Man, There, there's a lot. Um, well, one that, is, that wouldn't be in this show, but it's Captain Pelion. But okay. those of you who know your old Thrawn novels from the 90s. Yes. Yeah. Was um, basically Thrawn second in command. Later became the leader of the empire. Exactly. And Thelion is canon. He was mentioned in Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. And the Urgil attacked the fleet. Nice. He's the one. It's a great shout. Yeah, that's a that's a great that's, that's a great. I'd cool. like to see at some point. Yeah. Um, great shout there, Ray. As far as being in this series, it's Cad Bane would be really cool. Um. Uh, they look very interesting in live action. Um, you know, at this point, the sky is the limit as far as what they can include. I'd like to see Dengar. Or, uh, Me too. Man. Dengar Sokka easily Sokka could have been in this show because in the Sokka's EU story... Um, Bosk! We need to see yeah, some Bosk, Bosk action. The EU Bosk story... You know, those guys. Yeah, yeah the, the EU story actually had Dengar help Bubba Fett right after he came out of the Sarlacc pit. So he easily could have been put into the series. Well, actually, and they could have used that. He might be but... in it. He might still be in it. Might still, might still be in it. You're right. But I mean, Toilet Paper Man, he's there. Like, I, look, I made that joke last week that, like, all the people showed up and were like, cool, you're going to be bounty hunters. Uh, in Star Wars, and everybody's and you, super excited. And, yeah, yeah. And Bubba Fett walks up, and he gets this sweet ass armor that nobody's ever seen before. So you know, all the other guys who had signed up to be like uh, just kick ass bounty hunters was like, "Oh yeah." Then you had like, "Oh shit, look at that robot they created over there." IG eighty eight, like, "Oh man, that's kick ass." Like, "Oh look at look at this lizard guy. He gets to wear this kick ass lizard costume." And then you're Dengar, and you're just like. Okay, dude, like, uh, here wrap we go. And they just wrap, wrap his head in toilet paper and let's call it a day. Yeah. Okay. How, <laughs> disappointing. How disappointing does that have to be? Those, those to guys would be cool. Um, it would be really fun to see, um, just for, just for kicks, Lobot. Lobot. I might be. And you know what? He's the guy that we always forget. Like he needs we, to get his own series. When when we talk about those sweet those sweet uh, bounty hunters, especially the Empire Strikes Back, when they're standing around, one of the ones that we always forget is Gand. Gand is like kind of a cool dude, man. 
He's like an and insectual creature. Yeah, the gand would be very interesting. Yeah, it looks like a little bit of an insect creature. So, yeah, so like Zuckus, I, I, yeah, yeah. His is the species is a gand, but his name is. That's Zuckus. actually right. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. But no, but seeing those uh, those people like show up and be part of that would be that's, pretty cool. What if you had a super a super show. bounty hunter team up at the end of this? Like you got the huts and yeah. he's putting a team together with like Cad Bane and this. Uh, well, we know, or at least we suspect, that they are building up to whatever. Um, at least they said some some like big. You know, big event. Oh yeah, no, it's all leading towards. Uh, with now, the series, I don't know how much so... this series particularly is going to have a lot to do with it, but they are leading up to yeah, Thrawn. Thrawn's the, the question, big bad, where they're going to have the everybody mm -hmm. come back together again. They're going to have to face Thrawn, like an, an Avengers style thing with Thanos. But if you recall, in those Thrawn novels, Thrawn was defeated by the fact that he didn't count on. The underworld would get involved with the yes. That is true. That is very right. great point. What if Boba is sort of uniting the underworld? Ooh, so that that time no, awesome. I'm telling you, there's a group. That's I'm telling you, like out. they brought Thrawn into canon, and they did it in a weird way. They brought him back before we ever thought he would be. Like the only time we ever knew him before was after Return of the Jedi, like yes. during that time yes. period and stuff like that. The weird part about it is they brought him into Rebels before like a new hope and everything else. And then he goes away and now he's back. Guess what? At the exact same time period exactly. that he would have been in in his exactly. original trilogy. And in that original trilogy, there's like clone crap happening. There is underworld. There's like a really cool underworld character yeah, yeah. Uh, that's involved in there and everything else. So like there is these elements that they actually could use to almost like retell the same story, yeah. but maybe with a couple of different oh. names and characters, a that couple of different awesome. characters, period. Really? So you could get old school Thrawn here, like really that quick. we know from the original trilogy, because think about it. He wasn't like Thrawn, uh, Thrawn 2K, like in the chat, like always talks about how he, he felt a little different and everything else than the original trilogy. Time. But yeah. he might be different. He goes away and comes back, and now he's the Thrawn that we think of him as as the original trilogy because he went out there and studied and found out some stuff and came back to use it. I guess like the Tron of the Rebels didn't know about the Jedi, the Tron of the old trilogy, like he knew about the Jedi, like Jodo's come off. Yeah, George, stuff like now, that. Now, one other thing I thought really quick as we wrap up here is to bring a character from Legends into canon and put them in the Book of Boba Fett. Mm. And that uh, would be the character of Talon Card. Ooh. A, a underworld leader. Mm. And with him comes Mara Jade. Okay. Man, you get a little crazy. Yeah, I didn't ever do anything. You know what? Yeah. You know what, champ? I see your craziness. I'm gonna up it a craziness, man. We've already seen Luke and the Mandalorian. But what if we get Luke? No, oh, no, 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 Hey, man. No. Cancel no. Justin. But the hey, man, really quick listen, would just maybe be... that's the reason why they showed the chopped hand floating in space that they said they cut out because like they were going to well, show the hand because they were going to clone a Luke. Thing they ever put in the movie. I'm just saying. Okay, I got. Is Jedi cloning canon, by the way? Like, it's, it's yes, really Dark like, Sith cool. cloning magic. Cloning. No, no, that's Steve cloning. I'm talking about Jedi cloning. 
different. Well, they have probably if they're Sith cloning, there's probably Jedi gravity well. Because in life, yeah, it's yeah. always a big deal. Like if you try to clone a Jedi, something weird is going to happen, and they probably always fell to the dark side. That that's the whole deal with Jorah's. Yes, yeah. anyhow, I don't know if it would be Mara Jade the way that we knew her necessarily, but the way that she was introduced in the original Legends was she was hanging out with the underworld people. Yep. Yep. Yet again, it's yeah. a it's a it's a big stretch. I don't think it's going to happen. But while we're while we're just having fun, why not? Luke, no, no, please, no. Yeah, but nobody. Daniel always said that he liked to play a dark version of Luke Skywalker, not claw. He I, I think um, as much as I love the old Thrawn novels, that may have not been one of my favorite parts. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I'm loving this because there's so much possibilities and even though none of this happens the story that they're telling right now is a story that I'm engaged with like I love that Bulba and Fennec don't don't know the fuck they're doing like they don't know how to be crime lords I think that's the that's very like ironically like because they're both like bounty hunters for the entire life I love the Tusken Raider stuff Look, I am very, I'm very pleased with this, with this series. Even more than I was with some stuff from the Mandalorian. Like, I do Look. think that there was some growing pains on the on the first season of Mandalorian, and even the second one, mm. the second one that much. And I think that now that they had that experience, like they are, they are doing a better way to tell live actions uh, Star Wars storytelling. I do think that this series may not be as mind-blowing, groundbreaking, like Justin said, maybe not like change entire Star Wars canon, but it is a great fucking story. And I think this character is no, it's that. a good solid story. I agree. And I, I'll tell yeah. you this much. We, yeah. we can end on this. I'm, I'm just going to give this out for people to think about, you know, maybe until next week when we come back and do our next show. But I want to point out a couple of things. In Aftermath, we had a really cool kick-ass character commander sloan okay mm. um sloan oh, yes in the very end of aftermath gets on a ship that was one of the star destroyers that was hid by the great emperor palpatine that had coordinates and stuff like that because they were using things to find out because they they were learning that maybe there's some power or something out there in the nether reaches you know like that people don't see very much so she gets on that ship. She gets out of Dodge. Guess where Thrawn went? To the same yeah. kind of place. The same place. I would not be shocked. I don't think it's going to happen in this series, but I would not be shocked if Sloane comes back and actually is one of Thrawn's, like, you know, whatever, you know, helpers, right-hand women. I do think that it comes back because they both went to the same spot and they're technically there in the same time period. Like, Commander Sloan, she never died or anything. She's still out there somewhere. I think Thrawn goes out there and they hook up. And let's see what happens. Let's let's yeah. see what happens. Sloan, I, I would love, love to idea. see Sloan come into this story, even if she turns her back on Thrawn, because like she's one of those cool bad guy characters that like she's not fully one hundred percent like evil. Like there's a you know so they could do things with her, but nah, man, it'd be cool, kick ass if she comes back. And she's teaming up with uh, Thrawn. Maybe we actually see her before we even see Thrawn. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's the super tease that we see Sloan come out. 
I think that's all happening in the Ahsoka series. I think that's where we're probably getting that. And I think that's where they introduce Thrawn. And then I think we get a massive team up with all these characters set up and between the different shows with Din and Grogu and, uh, you know, um, uh, Cad, uh, Cad Bane and what's her name? Uh, uh, Omega. Omega and everybody. And they all have to team up to fight uh, Thrawn. So. Well, hey, man, I can sit here and talk Star Wars. And they all will because it's Thrawn. But I know Brandon can. I know uh, Danny can shoot. Sounds like even Dagan can talk Star Wars all night long, but that's not the goal I'm here. Done. We want to make this easier. Yeah, we want to make this easier fucking for like the podcast listeners out there. Shout out to the podcast, but man, you can find us here all the time. Uh, please, like I said, if you're newer to the channel, coming in and watching Star Wars stuff, we talk about a lot of things over here. Please subscribe to the channel, uh, and we also have a Twitch that you can go to. And like I just mentioned, the podcast on all formats, like anything you ever thought of, even like I think Danny says, there's a Brazilian broadcasting network that does podcasts. You can join <laughs> and listen to our podcast on. But besides that, man, until next time, guys, man, peace. Not peace, war, Star Wars. Thank you for watching The Holocron, a Let's Get Ready podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and follow the Let's Get Ready channel on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitch.